Tuesday, May 28th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hale. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser, and from Fool.com, Matt Koppenheffer. Happy Tuesday, guys. Happy Tuesday. Like it's just so long. It has you been know, so long. I was thinking over the long weekend. God, it's just it's been missing something for a few days, and it turned out it was this. And there we go. <laughs> we, are, we are back. Um, uh, God, the market just continues to roll along. The whole... Uh, for anyone who put their uh, money where their mouth was with the whole sell in May and go away, they're they're in a lot of pain <laughs> right now, given what the market is doing. We had a few people in here that were uh, we were bearish doubting on, that one. Yeah, yeah we, we were, were bearish, bearish on that, on that kind of. to go wrong. Um, We're going to talk Tiffany. We're going to talk uh, the market in general. Uh, Yahoo apparently is not done spending money, and uh, we will touch on the weekend box office because some big numbers there as well. But let's start with uh, Tiffany. Uh, shares of Tiffany up after first quarter earnings came in much higher than expected. Uh, Jason, I was digging into it a little bit. Uh, there were also some one-time costs here associated with moving their offices. If you back those out, it was even better. The quarter looked even better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the big the, one of the the big takeaway for me from this was that Tiffany uh, has done a great job of managing this expectations game, and and for for all intents and purposes, the market, at least in the short run, is an expectations game. Uh, you know, over the longer over the longer haul. Uh, you know the cream rises to the crop there. I, I I do think Tiffany is one of those really great companies that over time has done really well. It's just a phenomenal brand globally speaking. But yeah, I mean they have just done a terrific job managing expectations. It wasn't that long ago in March uh, when they came out with their fourth quarter earnings and things were looking somewhat dour. They were definitely Particularly not in Asia. so upbeat. Yeah, I mean it was just just all in all sort of just a slow sort of going for the company. They they. There was some concern out there as to whether they're going to really be able to grow sales, and and for a company like this, that's really what you want to focus on is how they're growing their sales. And so this quarter showed, I think, uh, you know, healthy performance really in in all three segments. But uh, Japan obviously was shining more than most. Uh, the only concern there is really they're selling less silver and more of the high end jewelry stuff, which is more expensive. But there are also higher costs involved, so they saw gross margin take a little bit of a hit there. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I've been following this company ever since June, really, of 2012 when I had uh, introduced it to my real money portfolio here. And, and so just tracking the performance of the stock, it's done really well since then. I mean, it's up over 50%, and it's just throttled the market all the way. So they did a good job, I think, also not taking the bait in upping guidance for the rest of the year. They essentially just yeah. reiterated guidance. They they continue to do uh, what they're doing. So I think that's that's what they're doing well, is just managing expectations very well. There was a little bit of talk this morning, though, on CNBC that, you know, they were kidding about possibly some sandbagging going on. Because when you look at... Well, that's what managing your expectations well, yeah. is. It's sandbagging to agree. It's under-promising and over-delivering. I like that. I would rather have it that way than the other way around. Matt, what do you think? Well, you know... The, the New York flagship store that was a that was a concern previously. We saw some some more life there, and, and I think if you look at the U.S. E- economy in general, there's a little bit less concern at the high end of the market, and so I think you've got a little bit of that playing in there. Uh, like Jason was saying, the uh, the the performance over in Asia looked really good, you know. But sandbagging aside, when when you look at the the expectations for twenty third full year twenty thirteen profits, I think you're looking at a, about a twenty three times multiple for the stock. So you know, at some point, you have to. Think Think about where that line uh, uh, goes between. Okay, this is a great company, and I want to own great companies at fair prices. But then you don't want to be saying, "Well, it's such a good company, you can pay any price for it," and that's where you start to get into trouble. And I, I will say, I mean, I went out this morning.
morning, I, I already posted up there that with all of this said, and, and Matt was spot on there with 23 times full year estimates, the Tiffany to me is not a buy at today's prices. I mean, I think that it's a company that you have to buy it in times of extreme pessimism because that's when a stock like this is really getting hammered. And I think that today we're seeing the fruition of that. It's a great company to keep on the watch list so that when things do go wrong, uh, as long as you have the same management team in place, you can you can trust that they'll probably figure out a way to, to keep things moving forward. But yeah, I think that you have to be very careful looking at a stock uh, at these prices today, especially with the, the optimism that's out there. The Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ are all up more than 1% this morning. Uh, and the credit or the blame, take your pick, Matt, um, <laughs> uh, is, is largely going to members at the European Central Bank and the Bank of Japan. Uh, comments from some of the members there, basically saying, "Hey, that free money forever program you got in the U.S. Yeah, we like that too. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this. It looks like it's working out well for you guys. And, and you know, when, when they look at what's going, you know, what came out in the U.S. today, we've got higher home prices, we've got higher consumer confidence. Uh, who knows? Maybe they're looking at that and 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 now you know they're saying, "Hey." Looks like you guys are doing something right, but I, you know, I don't think investors know what to do with the, do it themselves at this point because, essentially, last week we had markets waffling as the Fed kind of had some, you know, so, some mixed guidance in terms of what it's going to do in terms of its free money programs, and then you look at uh, the the that economic news coming out of the U.S. today, it's positive. And positive economic news pushes us in the direction of when the Fed is going to end up saying eventually, this will happen someday. This will happen someday. Eventually, the Fed will say, well, we're going to start to curtail that a little bit. And uh, and the equity markets haven't liked that. But we haven't really seen that in, in today's market reaction. We've got good economic news out of the U.S. And we've got positive movement on the markets. Um but like you said, we've also got these uh, central bankers over in Europe and Japan saying, yeah, we're just going to keep giving away money for now. Not that I own bonds and not that I'm looking to buy bonds, but are bonds ever going to be an attractive vehicle again? I mean, I'm sure the answer is yes, but it's hard for me to wrap my head around when that will be. Because to Matt's point, even if there is some curtailing of this of this program, it's still going to take a while. It's to still going to take a while yeah. for that ripple effect where bonds all of a sudden look like a much better investing proposition than they are today. You know, I see these the central banker news, and it sort of makes me think about like central bankers are the parents, and in the the markets are their kids. You know, remember when you have like an infant child, and you always have to reassure the child. The child's crying because they're hungry or scared. But yeah. You always have to reassure them. You feed them, you take care of them, they stop crying, and then a little bit later they cry again. So you got to jump in there, reassure them again, and just all the while. You know that you're going to be cleaning up a lot of dirty diapers. And I think the question here is really when are these dirty diapers going to come? Because I have a feeling that, you know, the markets right now, I mean, we're, we're not really seeing any problems. But I think that later on, you, the inflation question is certainly still out there. And you do have to wonder that when they go ahead and say, all right, we're going to we're going to take our foot off the gas here and sort of throttle back. What's going to be that reaction? I think that's, again, sort of that managing expectations game. I mean, they're going to have to really figure out how to manage that one so they don't freak people out and just have everybody selling at once. Uh, Matt, related to all of this, Moody's, uh, the ratings agency, came out today and said U.S. banks are now, and I'm quoting here, are now even better positioned to face any future economic downturn. When you look at the big Wall Street banks, do you agree with that statement? Yes. 
I, I mean, well, there's, there's not much. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the capital levels at the banks, if you look at what's happened, uh, I was actually just, uh, I was looking at this and talking about this. There's a CBO report about the, the TARP the other day and about how much has been, uh, uh, paid back on the tarp, and, and I don't think this is something that a lot of people have paid attention to because it's one of those things. If you have a, a child and you're with that child every day, and they grow up little by little by little, and then all of a sudden one day, oh my gosh, you're 20 years old. You're a you're a real person, and <laughs> and I think that's what's happened a little bit with uh, with tarp here, in that you know the, the the banks have come back, the banks have paid back um, the the tarp money, the bailout money, and this has happened little by little, and now all of a sudden you can look at them and today and say. Oh my gosh! You guys have really strong balance sheets. You guys have have brought your your businesses back to a point where you're you're very stable. And if we were to have something happen similar to 2008 again now, it would be a very different picture. Of course, the fact that they're operating much more soundly today is a lot of the reason why we're not going to have a repeat of 2008 right, right now. I just like that uh, you prefaced all of that by saying essentially it seems like people aren't paying attention to cbo reports about tarp it's like really well come on i I mean if the average person isn't settling down with a cup of tea and the latest (laughs) cbo report on tarp i mean when i sit down at night it's it's the bachelor or cbo reports and cbo reports i mean (laughs) wins every time uh spending 1.1 billion for tumblr that was last week this week yahoo is reportedly bidding for hulu and the price is somewhere in the neighborhood of six hundred million to eight hundred million. And Jason, uh, this is uh, unlike Tumblr, where they're just essentially bidding against themselves. If in fact Yahoo is making these bids, they're bidding against the likes of Directv, Time Warner Cable, some private yeah. equity groups. First and foremost, do you think this is a good move? For Yahoo. Well, I mean, we certainly are watching Marissa Meyer's strategy unfold before our very eyes. I mean, it's blatantly obvious now that that she is is acquiring everything that she can in order to create that that ecosystem for Yahoo that's that sort of you know got people wrapped into their Facebook or Google environments uh, in regard to Yahoo and Hulu I, you know I'm so like I'm I'm a Hulu subscriber and I like it I like it a lot because you can have that that current content there the problem that I can't quite reconcile myself with here is that that's just kind of a never-ending chase that you go on in that business model with just as a video content distributor. They're not really a producer, so to speak. I mean, they're just going to be, you know, pulling out this content to distribute to all of their, to their members. Uh, so I, it, it's, it's a never-ending chase. And so that's why you see the likes of, of Netflix and, and even Hulu has, has tried this as well to put out their own original content because mm-hmm. at some point they need to become less beholden to the, to the content producers in, in producing their own. And that's where I, I would, I would be a little bit suspect with this. I mean, it's an interesting, deal nonetheless and like we've said before i mean she almost has to do these kinds of things because you know the way the way things were going before she came on board it was just unacceptable but uh, this raises a lot of questions for sure well here's what i can't get my head around again going back to the tumblr deal they're spending 1.1 billion for a company that in 2012 made 13 million dollars mm. or or that's what their revenue was that's not the case with hulu they're looking at let's just pick the average and say they're going to bid 700 million for a company that basically did 700 million in revenue in 2012, they've got four million subscribers paying eight dollars a month. That's 
you know, if if they're all on board for a year, that's just shy of four hundred million. Well, they make up they make up the rest with advertising. But what what am I missing here? Why 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 does this seem like they would be getting Hulu for a song? Well, I, I was I was looking at the same thing, and I, and I was thinking, well, this is highly anecdotal, but. I don't use Tumblr. I don't really know anybody who uses Tumblr, but I think Hulu is fantastic, and I know a lot of people who use Hulu. But I think what the price may reflect is exactly what Jason's talking about, is that this is pretty scary. I mean, if they take on Hulu, that is not uh, Hulu is not the owner of that content. And, and the value there to subscribers like myself and, and Jason is all the content, content that's coming through. And then all of a sudden, you have to become the manager of making sure that all stays within Hulu. Or, or else it's – what is it worth then? Yeah, and I think that's – they're buying – I mean they're buying that platform, that brand, that name, that familiarity that, that a lot of us already have. Like I think that's one of the biggest hurdles for any of these content distributors, and that's why it was so important for Netflix to really be the first in the space. That's That's that first mover advantage because everybody's so familiar with it. I think a lot of people are also very familiar with Hulu and, and their subscribers. Uh, you know, I think that's what Amazon is sort of struggling w- with right now as they build out their content library with their Prime offering uh, is just, you know, people actually knowing it exists. Uh, and, and so I think, you know, they're buying the platform. They're buying that app more or less. But, yeah, the content is just a constant chase. That's just this never-ending negotiation. Shares of Yahoo were up slightly this morning when we came in the studio. When you see something like this, does the potential, I mean, if Tumblr works out, if they go ahead and they win the bidding for Hulu and that plays out for them, this could be the optimal time to buy this stock. It could be trading at an incredible bargain right now. Well, let's be clear, Chris. The optimal time to buy this stock was last year about this same time. <laughs> Before Marissa Mayer was CEO, yeah. Yeah, she's had a hell of a rookie year, yeah, by the way. She really has. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think she's rookie of the year. I think if you're a shareholder, you've got to really be enthused. I mean, you got to be very encouraged by this and feel like, wow, I'm, I am holding on to my shares because I'm so excited where she's trying to take this company. If you don't own shares and you want to buy them, I think it's it's probably worth worth a dabble. I mean, I, I wouldn't you know back up the truck on a full position, but I think if you're looking to get started, I, it, to me, this is one of the coolest stories of the year so far, and I'm I'm enjoying watching it play out. I like watching the story. The stock's in my too-hard pile. Yeah. <laughs> Comcast is the parent company of Universal Pictures, uh, and it's a good day to be at Universal Pictures because Fast and Furious 6 <laughs> had the biggest opening weekend in the history of Universal Pictures, uh, took in an estimated $120 million in the U.S. box office, $300 million worldwide. And Matt, I know you're not necessarily a fan of the movie <laughs> franchise, but... This uh, on our on the Motley Fool Money Radio Show this uh, this past weekend, Nell Minow said this is this is a good movie. This is just flat out a good movie, and these movies are getting better. What started as sort of a dumb initial movie has but, now but tra- five warm ups. The, so uh, the, I, I'm going to have to forget about these people who are binge watching Arrested Development and House of Cards. I think I'm going to have to binge watch the Fast and the Furious movies. I I, I would not want to see you the day after that. <laughs> now I, I did. I, I was at the. I, I would t- did my part at the box office, and I was. I went and saw The Great Gatsby last night. However, I do. I do own a Honda Civic, and it does have a tail fin on it. I didn't put it on there, 
it came factory installed. But maybe that means that that I've been overlooking a series that I need to be uh, involved in here. I, I I don't think your Honda gets you on the set of Fast and Furious, just based on what I've seen of the of the movie trailers. Also, the way I drive. <laughs> also, the way you drive, which is far too safe. Um, have you seen any of those? I I have not seen. I've any seen of them part of. I, uh, I've seen part of the fifth one. Now I'm really. I am really. Curious. I mean, I, I feel like I have to watch at least the first one. I mean, it's what? It's Vin Diesel, and so that guy was like a big part of. Like, I saw something where he was one of the one of the most widely followed people on Facebook at some point. And Possibly, I mean, he was just yeah. So he's, he's obviously popular. I guess I don't know what is what are the global implications of this of this franchise. I mean, does it make a lot of money? I have to believe overseas, or is it just a straight up? Well, yeah. I mean, thing? so far, I mean, three hundred million worldwide at the box office so far. And this the, movie, the, yeah, this yeah. movie, and the majority of that is overseas. Yeah, so, I think and that's that I mean. Uh, you know, all, all kidding aside, um, it seems like these movies are not trying to be something that they're not. They're mm-hmm. action movies. And there's a reason that U.S. movies, action movies play well around the world because action translates. You know, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not a period piece. And nobody else does action like Hollywood. Let's be honest. That's true. When it comes to fast cars and things blowing up, Hollywood gets it pretty right. The Coen brothers, you know, they do great at the box office in the U.S. and they win Academy Awards, but I don't see a movie like Fargo necessarily translating around the world. The Coen brothers was that, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh man, um, movie. Oh, one like other that. thing, um, from this weekend's box office, and this is something we talked about recently, Jason, uh, uh, the DreamWorks animation film Epic opened this weekend. What? Uh, it's, uh, I know you missed it because <laughs> you were you were down in Georgia hitting the link. But um, <laughs> I was. Um, but took in a, a respectable forty-two million at the box office. But once again, I was looking at the schedule. There are no animated movies opening for another month, and so once again, this looks like DreamWorks. Whoever is the head of strategy for when they release movies. Has hit the nail on the head. Again. I mean, I, wow! This is the father of two young daughters. I I don't know anything. I didn't even know this movie existed. You know That's what? Kind of I'm amazing, buying actually. shares like, right now yeah, on I, you <laughs> taking your daughters to this movie in the next month. What is Multiple it about? Times. Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 um, it's perfect for for young girls. No, I, I think. but uh, we we've made fun of this perspective, but I think there's a lot to it. I think that they have they need. To at least consider the strategy longer term in putting out hits when Disney's not putting anything out. Because right. pretty much everything Disney and Pixar touch turns to gold, and, and DreamWorks can do just fine as long as they don't have to go up against something like that. Monsters so, University comes out June yeah. 21st, so I think the people at DreamWorks looked at that and said, okay, yeah. we'll, we'll back that up one month, and that's when yeah. Epic will come out. Makes perfect sense, and that's just where you figure if you want to invest in something like that, you have to realize you're investing in a company that's not necessarily controlling its own fate. Wow, that's, that's kind of a slap at DreamWorks. I don't like that's DreamWorks. <laughs> I think I've been very clear about that. <laughs> Jason Moser, Matt Kopp, and I for guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Fooling. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>